Hi, my name is Sherry Doherty, and I'm a 54-year-old lady in red, in act two of my career and living my best life. My perspective on life and behaviors have been governed by who I was as a child, who I became, and who I am still striving to be. People my age are beautiful, bold, confident, and full of wisdom. And truly, the encore of the story of your life is still when the best songs are yet to be sung. My mission in this podcast is to shine the spotlight on people like me, have real conversations about reinvention stories, and inspire you to continue to follow your dreams regardless of your age. I'm doing it for Daisy. Who are you doing it for? But I was like, nope, I'm going. I walked out of the bar. I didn't even make it to a cab. I saw the first dark corner and I ran. And I remember, this is now me and, you know, I'm probably 25 at this time, 26. So this is years after I left the abuse. And I remember just crashing to the ground. Whoa. There's that little girl right. in that dark little corner, yeah. curled up in a ball, bawling uncontrollably like sobbing I was scared because I couldn't even stop it myself I was like oh my god what is this because again I was still naive and have no idea what I'm going through so at that point I decided I maybe need to reach out somewhere I need to find something because I don't know what's going on with me and this is not normal is what I kept saying to myself little do I know now after having probably several of those meltdowns (laughs) that it's actually normal it's healing it's actually breaking open as I call it it's that moment where I was ignoring all the opportunities for me to do the healing because I didn't know the signs and my body just said all right we've had enough of your shenanigans boom it's happening right now right and so I called this local it's called the Western Resource Center it's near and dear to my heart this place because it saved me I don't even know how I found it I just literally was like alignment right the universe kind of put me on the path to finding this place And I called them and I said, this is what's going on in my life. I don't understand what's happening, but I heard that you help single moms who don't have a lot of money for therapy. And they were like, sure, let's do an intake. So we did the intake and they recommended that I join this women's group that was starting that month. And it was every week for 10 weeks or something like that. Well, it was a narcissistic recovery (laughs) group and everybody in the group has just recently or is still trying to leave abuse. Okay. Well, it blew me open because I learned so much about how wrong everything I've experienced so far was and how actually everything I am experiencing from a personal identity is just trauma and trauma response. I couldn't believe like I was just blown away. And so then there's a whole boatload of other stuff that comes up with that. And thank God I had this place to hold the container for me because there was grief Like this woman and me is looking at this little girl and regretting all the times I didn't protect her and all the times I abandoned her and all the times I tolerated people doing all this stuff to her. And so you have this crazy grief that goes on inside of you. And then, but you're still confused because you're still this old version of yourself that is in these patterns that you haven't learned to unravel yet or to, un well, you haven't unlearned them. You haven't unpeached yourself from all of that. So that was my first kind of, you know, moment in time where that set me on my path. So I ended up going on a, after I went through that therapy and I got, you know, deeper connected with me and I became more confident, like actually I'll show you, I made this in this therapy group. This is my Bible from that. I kept all my paperwork from it because I wanted to be able to use this stuff myself, but I'll show you a beautiful little art project we did in the group. This is a great representation of who I was. So this is who I was during and after the abuse. Okay. Right. So she's got, you know, a bandaid on her head, 
She's got the Band-Aid over her heart. It's numb. She's really, you know, in this kind of just drab energy, right? And she's sad. Like, there's so much sadness, right? So much, ugh, what's going on? To when I finish the group, <laughs> this, this is now Rebecca, right? Okay. She loves herself. She's alive. At this time in my life, I was in the corporate world. So I was wearing, you know, pencil skirts and booby tops and high heel shoes and stilettos. I was all in myself. I found her again, right? I found that version of myself that I needed back. That's beautiful. Right? So yeah, I was just going to say, so you have done that a couple of times, though. I would love to pop ahead a little bit to your yeah. most recent journey of healing yes. because I love your story of where you've been recently and the journey that you have been on and share with us a little bit about that. Sure. It's actually funny because I was about to just tell you that. So after all of that work, I actually went on a mission trip to Central America, which was similar to what you want me to talk about, which I just did, which was Bali. So I'll quickly just say that, you know, I have this pattern of going through these big things and then running away to another country and finding myself. (laughs) It's kind of like a long extended version of eat, pray, love, right? It's like, I've done these things, but I mean, I know that to get back to me, I needed to find myself in this world. So I was not going out and looking for people to make me feel loved. Mm -hmm. They define me. Just before the whole recent journey, I decided to go on this trip. I was gone for a month and did just voluntary work. So I was literally giving myself to other people who were actually needing me, not people who would take advantage of me, if that makes sense, which is two very different types of feeling and healing. Then I came back and decided, why have I not done what I can do. These people in these third world countries don't have the resources that we do to be educated and do this work. Why am I not taking advantage of that? And that's what led to me becoming a therapist. I had to say that piece because I found me. And then it was my 10 years of schooling because I went back to school in my late 20s. And for my 10 years from 30 to 40, I was in school again. Amazing. I was in school. I was raising my kids. I was, you know, running a home. I had a partner who was helping me with that, but marriage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was a second partnership. And I was also, you know, working and going to school. Like it was a busy hustle time that, you know, maybe one might say I didn't have time to think about my traumas anymore. Cause I was just like, ah, I gotta get this right. But the thing that was driving it was I need to take this stuff that I've been through and help other people. That was beautiful. my main drive. I need to help people find their don't worry, be happy energy. Right. So yes, fast forward to I'm in school. I'm doing my master's. I have, you know, teenagers at home, which is not easy. It's a blended family, which was not easy. There was a lot of trauma that happened during that as well. Not necessarily from the actual partnership, but just the blended family piece and other people involved in that. It was a challenging time. And, you know, here I am still growing myself still figuring out who I am because you know yeah I did all that work but I didn't have 40 years like other people might in that confidence of who I am I've only been really figuring that out for 10 years ish right so I had boundaries I was getting better at recognizing when behaviors and abuse were present and I was able to protect myself and doing good with that and then going through school to become a therapist I mean you literally therapy yourself through that whole process 
and maybe even your family. And I would say that they probably felt like I was using them as my guinea pigs, which I apologize. But I mean, it was part of the process of being in my life, right? And that is something that I have learned that people come into my life, like intimately come into my life, my energy will disrupt their growth. And they're either going to be part of it, and they're going to welcome it into their lives and do their work, or they're going to be burned by it. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's what I know about what me as a person does I'm a healer. I'm meant to be here to shift people's lives. And the people who come to me in therapy, they're coming because they're ready to have that shifting happen. <laughs> There's some people that come into my life that aren't ready for that shifting to happen. So that's where things can get complicated. But long story short, you know, it's like that whole, I think we talked about this before, you know, that season, reason, lifetime, right? Like there's people who come into our life for a reason. There's people that come into our life for a season and there's people that come into our life for a lifetime. You know, my two partnerships were season and reason, right? right. My reason was my partner who gave me my daughter because she was the reason for finding myself. Yeah. And she was the light that brought that all to healing this generational trauma that I had right? And I have. Then my next partner definitely was a season, right? We were together because we both needed each other and we both supported each other and helped each other through some really difficult times in our own lives. And it just kind of ran itself out, right? And we became different people over that span of time. And I was growing. I always knew that. I'm always changing. Like I'm a Pisces, right? We are flowy. We do not stay in one place very long. It's just the way we are. And I'll be honest with you. I think my lifetime partner is me. And I think that that's what I discovered on this next journey, which you wanted me to talk about, which is Bali, right? moment, my lifetime partner is me. That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I know. That's the main thing out of, if you want to take from this whole talk, I was always searching externally for the thing that I wanted, the love that I wanted, the support that I wanted. She was here all along. She just was scared and abused and made to think that that wasn't actually true. Right. Because our society is broken. It wants us to be broken. That's how it makes money, right? It wants us to think there's something wrong with us so it can sell us the products that make us feel better about ourselves. So it can sell us the stuff that makes us feel better about ourselves, right? And then that wounds people because people get caught up in those mindsets that this new car is going to make me feel better. This big house is going to make me feel better. But it's all about the journey back to self, Right. Right. And that is really what Bali taught me because Bali functions from marginally a Hinduism belief system, karma. They believe in goodness and, you know, living a life of grounded happiness. They're not material in nature, right? They don't understand the things that we worry about because they don't ever have to worry about that. They don't have you know, all these greater things that we were, but most of them don't even have cars. They're on mopeds or walking everywhere, <laughs> right? So what led to that was basically, you know, the crumbling of my second partnership led me to, now Bali has been on my, just as an FYI, it's been on my vision board for a very long time, longer than even this partnership that I, you know, was in because it was something that resonated with me when I read the book and then watched the movie. So, you know, if you're somebody who's looking for, you know, your own sense of breaking out of these constructs of your life, you know, maybe watch that movie and get right. some inspiration. It doesn't have to be exactly what she did in the movie. Like my Eat, Pray, Love was Canada and then Bali, right? right. And so keeping in mind that, you know, this last partnership breaking up was actually unexpected, even though I knew deep down that it was something that was going to happen because of our separate growth. I had always held onto the hope that we would figure it out somehow because that's what marriage is about, right? Marriage and partnership is about accepting the death of many different versions of your partner and growing with them 
we both struggled with that, right? We both struggled with accepting these different parts of ourselves. So it ended and it was very abrupt and it was during the pandemic. So we're already, you know, under extreme stress as a globe and in just community wise, everybody's in that state of threat. When we talked earlier about the nervous system and the defense mechanisms that we fall into. So, you know, here I am, I'm finishing my master's. I'm in the thick of my placement. I'm running up and down the highway because I was doing my placement in Ottawa and then living in Kingston. And I was working four days a week as a youth worker. So I'm doing a lot. And I had no clue that this was unraveling. I could tell it was, but I was so ingrained and had to be focused on what I was doing for my own personal growth that I couldn't even entertain it. Like I could see it. And I was like, just figure it out. Like that's kind of the attitude I took. I was like, I can't because here's the change. I was that girl that was always taking care and pleasing everybody and doing everything for everyone and cheerleading everyone, but I wasn't doing it for myself. And so when I changed and started focusing on me, a lot of people in my life didn't understand that. And it was painful to them, I think, in a lot of ways, like, oh, she's not going to help me through this problem. Oh, she's not going to fix this problem for me. I can't. I'm writing a thesis right now. I'm seeing people and talking to their problems every day. If you got shit going on, you got to deal with it. I love you, but you got to deal with it. And if you don't, well, then we'll see what happens, right? <laughs> and that was what happened. It just faltered. It went awry. And so the pandemic, we went into lockdown. I'm in this house, sharing this home. I can't get a mortgage. I can't get rented to because I don't have a job technically, right? I'm a student. So guess what Rebecca did? <laughs> she packed up her life and went back home. <laughs> this was the beauty of the pandemic because we could, right? Yes. We could go anywhere because everything I was doing was online and same with my daughter. So we went, we packed up our house. We packed up everything we came, lost everything again right? Lost everything, walked away. And I would tell you that, you know, again, I know we talk about where I'm at now, but like those were dark days, like dark months, even both times I went through these different hardships. Healing is messy. We have to sit with it. And sitting with it means that you are not yourself. It means that you don't want to be around people, that you're not social, that you're not at peace, like you described my energy before. But it was my responsibility to take care of that and not be out there projecting it on everybody else. Right. So I did my healing. I sat in it. You know, there were days where I didn't get out of bed. There were Mm -hmm. days where... You know, I didn't even want to celebrate things, right? Like it was like, I'm just going to go to bed, you go. And that was the grace of being home is that again, there's Izzy in the middle of this and she's being totally supported and loved on by all of our family and life is just not skipped a beat for her. And she's old enough now to understand that mom is just doing her healing. I don't need to worry about mom, right? But here's the thing. We went through the pandemic. I went through another what I now call these spiritual awakenings. They're moments where the universe is setting me up to go into that next chapter. And I have to release all these old things that are holding me down. Simple as that. And I came out of the pandemic. I was in the corporate world. And again, I was doing clinic work and I was burning out. I was not happy. And the pandemic was still raging. And we'd been in lockdowns now many times and I was broken like I think a lot of people felt like that like I know I had this other stuff going on too but like if you didn't have other stuff on you were still feeling broken from not from what lockdowns did to us I know we all needed to do it and all that stuff but it still had an impact Mm -hmm. it still caused trauma for a lot of people so when I came out of that I was like I am not living 
like this anymore. Like my life needs to be for me and I don't date. I'm not even seeking it because like I said, my lifetime partner is me. That's beautiful. And I don't want anyone in my life right now. And it's not because I'm not ready for it or because I'm, you know, it's just, I'm focused on me and this little girl deserves me to be doing everything for her right now. Right. And building the trust with her that she can now know that I am going to protect her and I'm not going to abandon her the second that someone over there throws me a rose or whatever, right? Or makes me feel needed. And so what led to Bali was, or what my eat, pray, love was that I'm now back at home in my childhood home. And I'm now also reliving the foundations of what actually led me to all of these things in right. my whole, mm-hmm. it was like a full circle moment. I'm now back in this home and I have these rules and these constructs that, you know, my mom, I love her, but you know, she has her own idea how she wants her life to be, how her house to be and all these things. And it was contrasting. And I was reliving life as little Rebecca, but this time it was different because this time I had me, she had the adult me going, no, we're not going to do that. And no, you're not going to tell me how these things are. And no, there were boundaries. And here's the thing. If you're anybody who's doing boundary work, you know that people who don't like you having boundaries will pick up some storm when you're putting boundaries in place and it gets a little complicated. Needless to say, I kind of became homeless (laughs) again, because I, again, with the market and everything going crazy, you know, as a realtor, (laughs) I couldn't get a house. It was impossible for me to get, I could get mortgage, but finding a house in that mortgage price range was impossible. So I was going through grief of that too, because I had had this plan that I'm now in the best place of my life. I have this great career. I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to have my own house. I'm going to do all these things. And society's going, no, 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 that's not happening. And I'm going, oh, there we are again, broken society. Why is it that we have a housing system that doesn't allow people to get a mortgage or puts them into a mortgage that puts them, you know, in the water, in the deep end, right? Like what's going on? So anyways, that's a sidebar, but that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) Yeah. But that was my reality. I was sitting here grieving all of these things that I thought were going to happen. My life at home is falling apart. Like I was like, I've had enough. I am effing done. I'm done. I am packing things up. I am going away. I am taking this little girl on an adventure of a lifetime. And I don't care if I come back with no money. I don't care if I don't work a lot. I have to do this because I'm so broken with everything, everything, you know, I had everything. I had this great job. I was making tons of money, but it was broken there. The way they were, you know, forcing us to swab every day and we had to wear so much equipment. Like it was like, I can't do this. Me, you know, works for other people, but me, this Rebecca, it was just too much. It was too much. And I was already dealing with all this other stuff. So I'm like, I'm done. I quit it all. I walked away from it all. Good for you. Packed up my Jeep. I had a suitcase. I had my hammock because that's something I love. I had a cooler with the food that was in my fridge and that was it. I couldn't bring my dog. I wanted to, but she had to stay with my parents, but I went and I just adventured. So I spent about eight weeks in New Brunswick with one of my best friends. And while we were there, we were both working. So I'd go off on my own little adventures. She and I'd go do things. I had another one of my best friends come down. So we had this great summer adventure. I came back and spent about a month in Kingston with my daughter. And then I landed temporarily in Orleans. (laughs) I was there for about three months. And during all of this, this is when the Bali thing came in. So basically, when I landed in New Brunswick, I got this email about this Bali trip. And I thought, how is that not serendipitous of 
you know, everything that I'm embarking on right now, it aligns with this whole adventure of a lifetime. So I decided to do it. I had the money and I wasn't going to be buying a house anytime soon. So I thought, why not do this? And so I did. So fast forward to January, I took off to Bali and I was only there for 10 days. I would have loved to stay longer, but there were things here that, you know, I, you know, responsibilities. And all I can say, and you and I talked about this, so just to sum it up, Bali for me was like almost like the coming home. It was the place where I felt seen and heard and understood without even speaking the language. My energy was what communicated for me. Their energy is what communicated to me. And there was this just unspoken magic of finally feeling like I belong without having to do anything for anyone. And that was really healing for me. It was a little disorienting at first because Bali is a very magical place and there's no crime. Well, very little crime. You know, it's very safe. And that's not what we're used to. And being here in the Western society. So, you know, I experienced some really beautiful ceremonies there. I sat amongst, you know, some really wise and knowledgeable healers. And again, like I said, we did not speak the same language, but everything was understood. And, you know, I had, you know, some pretty precious moments of, you know, affirming who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing. And I needed that. Because even though I've done all this work, the ghost of our traumas and the insecurities that were embedded in us, for me, as young as five years old, they're still there. They still battle around sometimes, especially if I'm not taking care of myself, especially if I'm tired or stressed or not eating properly or whatever the case may be, they can get a little louder. So you're always ever having to be on top of these things. And Bali for me was like, it's that moment of, you know, I can breathe now. Like you did this, you did this work, you've made it back home to yourself, you understand things very differently, you have a totally different perspective about everything you've been through. And, you know, that's the magic that Bali brought for me, right? So where does future Becca take that? And what does future Becca look like to you? Ooh, that's a loaded question. (laughs) Future Becca is trailblazing. Ooh, nice word. Uh Uh-huh. Future Becca. I mean, I've always been trailblazing, but now I'm empowered in my trailblazing and that's a whole other ball game. Future Becca is wanting to take all of these things that I uncaged my own self from and teaching those as a norm. That the way that we have been made to believe that our sheer existence is not important unless we're doing for others or productive for someone or however you want to word it, that's a time of the past. Right. You know, I do truly believe that as a global collective, we're moving into a different world that isn't about productivity and money and hustle. It's about finding peace because we've been fooled. <laughs> and that's how I felt. I feel like all these things I described to you were, I was tricked, hmm. right? I was tricked Amen. to think that that was love, that that was existence, that that was the human experience. And I needed to go through those things in order to be able to sit here now in my empowerment to be a leader for other people, to guide other people, to support other people in figuring that out for themselves, you know, and to not feel guilty about it. That's beautiful. You're very wise and you definitely have your own story and your own journey, but I think that's your gift because you are going to give that to other people. Yeah. Where would people contact you if they wanted to, you know, potentially utilize your wisdom and services or just have another conversation because you yeah. have such a big well, heart 
so much to share. Yeah. So I gave you my website. So that's probably the best place to go first, but I'm on social media as well. But I mean, they can text me, they can email me, they can get me through that website. And I love to talk to people about this stuff. And, you know, because I'm a registered psychotherapist, a lot of people can get coverage for doing work with me, which is a beautiful benefit for a lot of people. And, you know, I'm also going to be, you know, kind of headwaying into some more corporate work from a perspective of bringing this new norm into helping businesses and leadership understand how to support people like me who have been through a lot and need compassion in their workplace and compassion in their leadership, right? Mm -hmm. I do love that people like me. Yeah. That's great. I mean, the whole purpose of the Encore podcast is to shine the spotlight on people like me, actually, who are in, you know, act two or their second career and have had a journey. I so sincerely appreciate you sharing so openly today with us. You Thank tell you. Stories and you definitely <laughs> had a journey. I grew Hopefully up. your podcasters won't mind a little bit of a longer chat. <laughs> oh no, you had me entranced and I forgot to look at the clock, which oh, is how we got to a little bit longer. That does happen. Unfortunately, you know, it does happen when people meet with me. We kind of get into our own little vortex and it just happens. So That's hopefully okay. people will enjoy and tune in. And I really look forward to connecting again. You know, we'll have to do some other podcasts, maybe on separate subjects to help people learn and some things well stay tuned there's also going to be in-person events so yes i'm excited i will gladly be in person too because i am very much wanting to do more of that again perfect yeah with that i do wish you and all our listeners the very best of today whatever that looks like for you and until next time 